Hey, Wanderers, it's Caitlin. Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you hear, please be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen, and tell a friend about the show. We also love hearing from listeners, so feel free to tweet us at the WGN Podcast or follow us on Instagram at the Wandering Gamer Network to get sneak previews of our shows. This is the last episode of this Naptown Chronicles arc, so we'll be taking a break next week, and then we'll be back in space in two weeks with Outlaws Wanted. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Naptown, the city that always sleeps. Most people think nothing happens in this town that is halfway between nothing and nowhere. But they would be wrong. There's plenty that goes on in this town for those willing to look. The crew has put a stop to the misfortune coming out of the spinning gold casino, but at great cost. Detective Tanner was gravely wounded and the coin-making machine was lost to Lucia, who no doubt has ill intentions for its use. The crew now looks to take a break from things, but losses are not so easily forgotten in the city that always sleeps. Last time, you guys had somewhat successfully stopped the Spinning Gold Casino, in your case, uh, against Felix Ortman, though not as successfully as you would have liked. But that means we're getting to spend some more time with your characters. It is our typical end-of-arc vignettes. So to start off with, let's geek out according to the rules and going around the metaphorical table. How did everyone do with your comrades? Um, so Faye is marking minus or a hurt with Darling and Tanner, I think based on their reaction to Ewan and then a help with Seamus for the same reason. Tanner, what are you marking? Um, I think... I am marking a, is it help and harm? Help and hurt. Help and hurt. I think I would do a help with Seamus and mm, it's kind of weird, but I think I'm also going to do a help with Faye because of the doing the investigation or, or looking into um, Ewan. And then I think I'm actually going to put a harm with Darling because of her getting captured and like not in that he's like mad at her but it was like mentally worrying does that make sense Mm -hmm. it's like anxiety if i could mark anxiety that's what i would mark (laughs) (laughs) yeah and it put you in a bad headspace or tanner in a bad headspace so darling uh i agree i think uh faye is getting a hurt point with darling um since this is like their one of their first ever disagreements (laughs) That is what I'm going to do with that. I actually don't think I want to give points to Tanner or Seamus. Um, Darling kind of went off on her own a lot this arc. So I, I don't I don't think any super meaningful interactions happened between her and Seamus and her and Tanner that I would like count in the helper hurt category, if that makes sense. You weren't like bolstering your relationship with any of them. Exactly, exactly. I think a lot of this arc, uh, Darling was focused on be- being the attention seeker and the distraction, and that meant being off on her own a lot of the time. Yeah. Seamus. Seamus, I'm I'm kind of thinking something similar. 
Well, I'm thinking, um, I'm thinking I would, I'd mark a help with Tanner because they did spend the majority of the arc together. Right. And, uh, did barely get out of a firefight alive. And I'm trying to think of interactions. I would say also maybe a, a help with Faye. Uh, for kind of the same same reason they they kind of like had each other's backs when they went on the VIP boat and and everything. But then I don't think I really have anything either way for Darling because we didn't really interact a whole lot. All right. Is the Mystical Grove getting attention? Oh uh, yes, you'll have one attention to the Mystical Grove because you have used its resources well. Woo! So we get to level that up. Moving on, Tanner and Darling were dissatisfied with Felix Ortman getting away. I think Darling waited at the hospital um, and kind of ignored her jobs while Tanner was there. And when he finally woke up, she like told him that he got away. But she had old order friends that were keeping an eye out for him. And so they were kind of waiting on a tip to see if they could find out where he is so they could go after him. Yes. So after several weeks of Tanner recovering and waiting for a tip for several more weeks, you guys finally get a tip of where Ortman is, or a sighting of him, rather, not where he is hanging out. But you guys quickly hop in Tanner's jalopy. <laughs> I love you, Cody. It's fine. Just never described my car as being junky, but that's cool. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the very first time you introduced it, you, you kind of said it had flat tires from getting shot at. Anyways, we just like downgrade everything that Cody describes as a character just immediately. It just happens. His introduction for Tanner was not a strong point for being like, this guy's just like middling. He's like, I, co I walk in covered in blood, four flat tires. I'm like, well, you're setting up an image and it doesn't sound like you were in a gunfight. It sounds like you're just a slob. <laughs> what? I frequently, when I get sloppy, just have blood all over my clothes. It's all right. We can move on. <laughs> Cody's character gets downgraded and Caitlin's characters become a drunk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you guys get into Tanner's very nice car and head off towards where the tip placed Felix Ortman. So not that we ever do, but do you have a specific plan for how you might want to handle this? Not particularly. I am uh, I'm willing to follow your lead. Mm. feel like my lead is just going to be a lot of punching. I kind of hope he has security to back him up in a way. Makes it feel more like a fair fight, I guess. Okay, well, if you want to have some kind of plan, I can summon my thorn bushes and just, like, hold him down. And then you just go to town. I, I mean, now that that's not appealing, and now that there's not definitely a part of me that absolutely wants to do that, but... I don't know, are we planning on capture, or do we not think he's going to give us the option? I think that capturing him should always be at the top of the list, but uh, I'll be quite honest here, Tanner, if he doesn't make it out of this alive, I am not going to bat an eye. Yeah, I think I, I think I agree, capturing is top of the list, and then right under that is probably breaking at least one bone. Like a nose. Feel like that's deserved at this point. But I have to say, I've never had a girlfriend get kidnapped before, so... Yeah, and uh, his security, um, 
had you in bed for weeks. That's true. I am all for just taking these guys out. I mean, at some point I have to respect someone who's capable of putting me in the hospital, but capturing someone and throwing them through a magical painting just feels like bad sport, you know? I think at this point the whole thing feels like bad sport, and we should just take him out. I mean, that is why I threw him in a river. Yeah, and that didn't work, so we gotta- It didn't! I was sad. He was a faster swimmer than I gave him credit for. And also, well, I did lose Faye's boat. I should probably buy her a boat. Boats are expensive, right? Tanner, boats are very expensive. Yeah, well, I think maybe we're going to take a loss on that boat. Well, it won't be you or me taking a loss on that boat. It'll be Faye's parents. I'm feeling better about it now. Are you going to be alright, though? Like, seeing Felix again? Yeah, I don't... Why wouldn't I be? No, I don't mean, like... I mean, I know you want to be here. What I mean is, like, uh... Uh, are we doing something wrong by, like, hunting him down at this point? Uh, he kidnapped me, and his security shot you, and his whole operation killed people. I have no qualms with whatever happens to him tonight. No, no, don't get me wrong. I think he's absolutely guilty and deserves horrific punishment. What I'm saying is... Like, right now, I want to snap him in half like a twig, and I feel like you're pretty upset. And I'm not certain that we're the best people to be going after him in, like, a, you know, things don't go sideways kind of way. You know, I realize that your sense of justice thing may find a problem with this, but I honestly don't care at this moment that this might be a bad thing because I have enough reasons to be thoroughly pissed off at this guy. Uh, Tanner reaches over and takes Darling's hand and goes, you know, I think I know exactly how you feel about that. Let me tell you. How are you driving? (laughs) I didn't even put that together. (laughs) Uh, I always keep at least one knee on the wheel. Where's his? I mean, it, he could have one hand on the wheel. Where's the other one? He doesn't. He only have has it. one. He only, oh. has, he only has one arm. <laughs> Missing. He whips out a bone egg so he can set it gently on Darling's knee. Okay, so again, I feel like you guys misunderstand the bone axe. He does not replace his missing arm with an axe. He he but grows he an axe and he then could. breaks it off. No, that's what she she's saying. Before you break it off, you just reach over and put it like, on Darling's tap leg. Tap it gently, you know. Yeah, I was <laughs> that's thinking, the joke. I was thinking like instead of breaking it off, you just leave it there, chunk it into the steering wheel. And now it's, you got a little steering handle. <laughs> <laughs> this is so grisly. <laughs> Anyways, Tanner's driving with his knees because of course he is. Okay. <laughs> Steering wheels on Model T's were big. You could grab them very easily from a seated position. Okay, I think that's where that scene ends then. Yeah. I think we just, you know, keep driving off into wherever he is, like whatever little town he's held up in, and just, you know, get there and park. All right, so you get there, you park. You find him not in good condition. He looks beaten and bloodied, like he's had a rough go of it. And when you guys capture him... He is more than compliant and asks to be taken to the police. So as soon as we capture him, basically he's just immediately thrown in the trunk and I just like close the hood. 
Yeah, 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 right. Definitely taking you to the police for sure. And uh, Tanner gets back in the car. Yeah, Darling gets back in the car too. Well, I gotta say, I feel a little bit let down by this. Yeah, I honestly do too. Um, uh, I was expecting a little bit more and um, guess I'll have to find another way to let out some aggression. Yeah, I, I mean, at some point, like, I mean, who roughed him up so bad? I guess we could ask him, but I don't want to because I don't think I want to talk to him anymore. But at least we get to get his uh, powers taken away. That feels like some reward. Yeah, I, no, I'm actually really let down by this. Um, I'm not going to lie. <clears throat> um, so I think Tanner's driving like really fast. Hitting every pothole. Well, just like, yeah, well, that, yes. But also just like in frustration. Uh, you know, darling, you're able to sprout a pretty convincing axe and I'm pretty hard to hurt. What do you think about sparring a little bit? I uh, promise I won't cut off anything. Uh, she, she looks over at you first, like confused and then thinks about it for a little bit. You know, I could honestly probably use some sparring right about now, but just keep in mind, I am not good at this yet. No, that's fine. I'm a great punching bag, literally. I'm really hard to hurt all the bullet wounds to the contrary. Actually, now I don't know if I do want to spar with you because you were just really hurt. Oh, no, no, no. Look, look, they didn't have to cut anything out. I'm fine. I'm totally okay. Look, I'll tell you what, you can use a broom handle instead of the axe if you're feeling uncomfortable with it. No, it's not me using an axe that I'm uncomfortable with. It's you coming at me with an axe. Oh, well, I can have some amount of self-control. Around darling. (laughs) Ask Seamus, I've never heard him badly. You know, we could go spar, or um, I might have a better idea on how to get all this aggression out, and... um. It's just going to require you to come back to my place. (laughs) (laughs) Tanner smiles a little bit and uh, just kind of drives off in silence. And then just a minute later is like, sparring would still be a fun idea, but. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that's a good place to cut that. (laughs) Yeah, I'm good with that scene ending there. So you guys are able to depower Felix. He curses you out, swearing vengeance on you for. Not taking him to the police and depowering you guys. But you guys don't feel very concerned since he doesn't have superpowers anymore. Nope. And we go back to Darling's place and have a good night. And he doesn't have his casino, right? No. Through the course of this, Felix has been missing for a long time. So his casino, or with the con- amount of rifts you have in the order, you are they are able to forge enough documents to get the casino repossessed. And they have put Evangeline in charge of it. She oh. has she has joined the order, and she knows its inner workings better than most, so it seemed like a good fit for her. She also is someone who looks like she's not going to be abhorrently cheating and killing people to make a buck, because she has seen the damage it can do. Good for her. Proud of her. So, all that has happened. Felix is depowered, demoneyed. You guys have a casino boat that you guys can go to and rift it up. Any other questions about Felix before we close the book on him? Nope. All right. Seamus, having felt bad about Ewan's introduction to the Order and Faye's friends in general, decided to call up Ewan and schedule a lunch date with him. (laughs) So you guys go to a nice but not wealthy establishment downtown where 
Seamus is sitting waiting for you and to show up. Make me an investigate, like a perception check, Seamus. For what sense? Like what kind of things would you think? Sight. Just to see? Just to see, notice things. Okay. Mystery games without perception checks are brutally difficult, by the way. Yeah, it's like I don't really I don't really have a thing to add to this then if it's nothing like special or sneaky or anything. Yeah, the game is not built to do perception checks. Oh, Rift Radar. I could see if he's coming. Oh, if you if you're doing that, <laughs> if, you're, if that's what you're waiting for. Why not? Well, I mean, that I guess it's an 11. I rolled 10 on the dice anyway. So, as you're sitting there just like biding your time, you're just like, "Oh, wait, I can do like I can practice my powers. I can see if there's like if a rift's coming because I know Ewan's going to be here. It's a great way to practice without like in a very low stakes environment." And you do notice Ewan walking up, but you also notice across the restaurant hall a familiar aura of Lucia as she's sitting having lunch somewhere. Like in the same restaurant? Yes. Oh, gosh. She does not appear to notice you there. Anyway. How long has it been since since that night? <laughs> is, is it like soon after? Um, It's probably... It's probably been a month and a half-ish if you're going oh, really? after Darling. If you're going after Darling and Tanner. Oh, gotcha. I was thinking I would have done my thing earlier, like probably within like a week or two after that. Okay. But it, we don't, it doesn't have to be, and it doesn't have to be chronologically in the episode. Okay. A couple of weeks, probably two, two and a half, three weeks, somewhere in that area. He is a, like a busy doctor. So at a certain point, it, like he doesn't have just like every lunch day free. Yeah. And he also seemed a little reluctant to this on the phone, given your first introduction. Yeah. As in your first introduction to the group. Seamus was not particularly bad, but you know, like there is a reluctance for him to show up with, to anyone but Faye of the four of you. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I'm late. I got a little held up at the office, but thank you for waiting. I appreciate it. No, it's no problem. Thanks for thanks for joining me. You're not going to report me to the police or anything for showing up late. Or... Oh, oh uh, I mean, I thought about it. And he puts a, like a wry smile on. So what, what can I do for you, Seamus? Yeah, so I, I just I wanted to talk to you about the other week. Uh, that first impression did not particularly go well. I think you'll agree with that. I, w I have had worse, but you expect as much from wealthy aristocrats. I did not expect to be so unwarmly welcomed by the rest of you. That is true. So I just, I just wanted to just talk to you about, about why that was and what the order really is. Just so you're... Just so your view of, of us and what we do is not completely colored by that kind of disastrous first impression. Not just the first meeting. I mean, one of you did end up in the hospital from multiple gunshot wounds afterwards, and that's kind of not what I'm into. Yeah, and I completely understand that. That is never fun when that happens. Luckily, that is not that is not nearly as common as, as it would appear. It does happen, though. I won't I won't lie to you. Well, I appreciate the honesty, but I, I will listen to your pitch about the order, and we can have a nice lunch, I, I hope. I hope you're, you're not here. I'm not here even to trying to say this is a pitch. I just wanted to kind of explain what's going on. Like, I'm not trying to recruit you or anything. I just, want, just wanted to just let you know kind of what, what's going on here. I'm all ears. So, the order, what we're trying to do is we're trying to stop, air quotes, bad things from happening in the city. You probably got this impression from Tanner, but... We don't necessarily concern ourselves with laws, which sounds bad. But what we're trying to do is we're trying to stop. We're trying to stop the things that like 
the police can't handle, right? Because imagine trying to send the police after someone who's magically killing people. It would never, it would never work. So the Order finds these people that are using magic for nefarious purposes, and we we stop them. We're trying to keep keep the order in the city and keeping keeping rifts from from doing doing terrible things is kind of is is our priority and sometimes yes that might mean breaking some laws and that's where tanner was talking about like about justice and how it's not about the laws it's about justice and that's kind of where that's kind of where he's coming from am i making sense so far oh uh, sorry that was kind of a bit of a ramble yes i I mean, yes, it makes sense, but I have a few concerns, like who chooses who's a danger and who's not. That seems a little suspect that the order just decides someone's being a danger and not just someone who is a threat to them, because it seems awfully convenient that the order is a superpowered or a group with mystical powers that only they get to decide who is using the powers responsibly and who's not. And what's to say that I don't end up on their blacklist from stealing because that's technically not on the up and up? So remind me, what remind me of all of our missions that we've done on recording so far? Because we had the one with Victor Reed, we had the the Rose Water, and then this one. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So people had been like murdered or were getting sent on to do tasks against their will. Basically, everything that you guys have investigated so far would be like considered a felony. So, so would breaking and entering probably would be too. But depending on the theft, I, 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 I yeah, I, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. Well, I meant like the, a felony is like a federal crime versus local. So B and E isn't a felony. I mean, I guess if you do it on Fort Knox or something, yes, <laughs> yeah. But it's more of that, and like stealing isn't technically a felony unless you're doing grand theft. Like the things that you have been pulling people in for are like very obviously egregious and very obviously hurting people with the exception of the mm-hmm. last case, but it was also meant to be a little bit weirder. Yeah, and you, br- you bring up a good point because from the outside looking in, it does look like the Order is kind of an arbitrary rule maker, right? Um, the things that the Order is particularly concerned about is and most of our cases involve when, when rifts are murdering innocent people, like with the casino boat, with those with those chips, they were causing people's luck to go so bad that they end up dying in freak accidents. And Mr. Ortman showed that he he had no qualms about that, which is a problem. And in and, and some of our previous cases, we had, uh, in one of our previous cases, we had, we had someone trying to mind control people into doing uh, violent crimes. And that it's that type of stuff. I don't think the order is going to be concerned about someone taking a few things here and there like they're not they're not looking for someone who's who's they're not looking for someone who's doing small little things like like that they're looking for people who are disrupting the community on a massive scale does that does that answer your question a little bit but it is concerning then for tanner and don't take this as i particularly care for him this is more out of Faye cares for him because he frankly terrifies me but can you say that Tanner has never murdered an innocent man? And by innocent, I mean unpowered? Because the security on the boat, though shooting at you, were employed as security where you were, for lack of a term, breaking and entering. And I'm I'm not looking for answers for all these questions, Seamus. It just... And I'm, I feel like I'm ragging on this organization that you guys have pledged 
yourselves to. And I do think stopping Felix Ortman was a good thing. From the other cases that Faye has filled me in about, I do think what you guys are doing so far has been good work. But I'm in a profession where hurting people is bad. And I have a lot of oversight and regulation. And it worries me that, like, I don't always think the oversight I have is just and completely without biasy. So it makes me concerned when the only person you know as a higher up in this organization is some sort of ghost that shows up once every three months and says, go stop this guy, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I'm with you. It is it all it is all it is all a little strange. I don't I don't particularly have the answers for you uh, there. Something else I wanted to I wanted to kind of try to smooth over was how how everyone reacted to you coming in, because that wasn't particularly great either. We've kind of already talked about Tanner. He's he can be a bit of a wild card sometimes, but he he has his mind in the right place. It's just sometimes it comes out in strange ways. Yeah, I can I can see that. According to Faye, he was going through a little bit of a traumatic experience with having his girlfriend kidnapped. Yeah, definitely which that. Which I understand, but he also broke into my house and said he'd pay for the door, and I have yet to get any money for said door. Well, good good luck with that. I sent him a letter, and then all I got back was a post-it note. Sorry, a, a scrap of paper that he'd already written a lot of case notes on. I don't really want to know what it was about. It sounded very sordid, but on the back it just said, I owe you door. <laughs> Dash T. Yeah, that, that sounds like Tanner. When when he if he says he'll pay for the door, he means it. It's just it might take him a it might take him a while. He gets distracted. Good news is I make enough that I can easily replace a door. However, there is a certain amount of my first interaction with a man was him threatening to throw me in jail after admitting he broke into my house. Oh, that was that was a joke. Like that I could tell that was a joke. He was his jokes don't always land, but that, he was he was definitely joking. All right, but still, the B and E is pretty bad. I think it was. I think it was more. He was concerned about. Do I, do I know about the conversation between Faye and Tanner about that? Do I? Yeah, I do. Okay, I couldn't remember. You were all. We were all there, or everyone was there for that, I believe. And Ewan does not know that Faye agreed to that, right? Correct. Okay, I'm not throwing Faye under the bus here. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Mark are hurt for shame. <laughs> Faye told him to break in. What? <laughs> As Faye gets dumped so fast. I think it was a I think it was more that Tanner was concerned about new new rift, like finding out about a new rift that we didn't know anything about and wanted to make sure you weren't dangerous. It I can't it's not a justification. It's just that's that's what that's how I felt. That's how I feel it was. I did immediately talk to Faye that night, but it's neither here nor there. I don't think Tanner seems like a deplorable human. I think, as you said, he has his heart in the right place. However, I am cool with that right place being far away from me. And I, I, I can understand that. And then we have Darling, who did actually threaten you, right? Yes, the, the other woman at the table seemed hell-bent on making an enemy out of me for who knows why. Also, she and Faye have been good friends for a long time, and Darling is very protective of Faye, 
And when Faye is actually dating someone, Darling, Darling is not surprisingly suspicious, right? I mean, they're almost like sisters at this point, right? They, they've known each other for so long. And especially then when finding out that her boyfriend is also a rift, I, I could see why that, like, she would be concerned. And Darling can be a bit intense sometimes, but she also means well. I've known I've known her for a long time too. Like she definitely she definitely means well, and it's all it's all to protect Faye. That is understandable, and I'm glad Faye has such good friends protecting her. However, I have given neither of them any cause to worry about me hurting Faye. Yeah, and you didn't you didn't deserve that. That the mission the mission that mission we were on had been it had not been going well. We were all we were all super stressed, and it kind of got taken out on you a little bit. And for that, I am sorry. I accept your apology, Seamus, but don't hold it against me if I don't start frequenting the Mystic Grove all of a sudden. I mean, you're always welcome at the Myst- Mystic Grove. You don't you don't have to be in the order to come have a drink with us. All if, I mean, assuming assuming you do that, and not going to judge you either way. I will keep that in mind, Seamus. But for right now, I think I'll keep my distance and keep Faye as my main contact with the four of you. I understand that. But if you are able to be quiet about it and need the help of a doctor. I can try to help you guys without necessarily you guys having to always alert the police or the hospitals every time you're injured. That being said, if Tanner has that many gunshot wounds, please do take him to the hospital again and not to my doorstep. Yeah, yeah, that's he was he was in a pretty bad state. Yeah, and it is definitely it is definitely difficult having to having to make up a reason why one of us is shot up to hell. Yeah, I can't. There's only so many excuses we can make up. Yeah, I believe falling on a bullet is hard to believe. He fell on a bullet 14 times. <laughs> so you guys pass the rest of the lunch. It's a little stilted, but not too awkward. You know, he is not opening up to you, but he's also not being cold to you either. Yeah. You know, it's very surface level, but not in an unfriendly way. Yeah, and that's, that's perfectly fine. Seamus was not expecting to to turn you into our cause immediately. That's not the goal of this. <laughs> All right. Anything else you want to do? Is Lucia still here? Can, can, could I not? Could I see her or could I just feel her presence? You could You could see her. Okay. She left shortly before you, like a couple minutes before you did. So if you wanted to track her down, you probably could. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, do I do it? Do it. Do it, do it, do it. Yeah, I think I think I'm gonna track her down. All right, make me a roll. I'm using Rift Radar. I think that's really really it. Yeah, that's probably it. That is a ten. So she has not been gone long as you exit onto a not so crowded street because it is winter and it is cold. Honing into your dog tag senses, you clutch them as you usually do and are easily able to spot her rounding a corner and you run to catch up with her. What do you do as you catch up to this woman who is constantly a thorn in your side? <laughs> well, I didn't expect to run into you today. Who the, oh my god, why, why, why? Can't you leave a nice woman alone, Seamus? Oh, I'm not. I just, can't, can't I run into an old friend? And he gives like a smirk. And just and come and say hi? Yes, hi. Hello, Seamus. I was just grabbing lunch. I'm not doing anything. I'm not here. I'm not here to attack you or anything. How I... how am I 
to believe that. Every time I've seen you, you interfere with my boss's plans. Literally every time I see you. I don't even have plans for him right now, and I'm sure you're here to interfere with him. I mean, if, you're, if your boss didn't have plans that involved murdering people, I, we, I probably wouldn't have to interfere with them. Technically, my boss has done nothing to murder people. Sure. We're into bootlegging. We don't want people dead. We want them alive so they drink our bootlegs. That's not the right term for that. <laughs> You're going to try that line again? We, ha- we want people alive so they can drink of our alcohol. Bootlegs, if you will. <laughs> Somehow it's worse. Drink of our alcohol. Oh. You're just going to say booze. That sounds the same. Sometimes we want people alive so that they are able to drink rather than be gathering dust in a coffin. Yeah, but so far your methods don't seem to be having that effect. Seem to be having all kinds of side effects. Name one person we have killed. You, you specifically? Can't name one because you, you always have other people to do your dirty work. Like who? Mr. Reed went under a medical procedure that happened to kill him. He voluntarily did it. It was an accident. Otherwise, in all of the cases that you have worked, we haven't killed a single person. Can you say the same, Seamus, about your crew? I seem to see a lot of my associates were killed in a warehouse fire. And last time I saw you judging by all the gunfire, I would happen to guess that someone ended up dead on that ship. And how disappointing for you that it wasn't Tanner. A girl can dream, can't she? Is there anything else, Mr. Seamus? No, no, not, nothing else. I just, just just, wanted to see how you're doing. I'm sure we'll run into you soon. Oh, I count on it. It wouldn't be a real operation if I didn't have you schmucks mucking it up. Well, see you around, Seamus. See you around, Lucia. And she leaves. So I'll, uh, I'll say this is, this is like up to the editor if this is worth cutting. So I looked it up if the phrase drinking bootlegs makes any sense. And here's the deal. Technically, it does. A bootleg is frequently a giant glass of beer, but is not necessarily an illegal giant glass of beer. Bootlegging referred to hiding bottles of alcohol in your boots, hence bootlegging. So, yes, you can say drink a bootleg, and it does refer to alcohol, but in this context, it is not the same reason. It's a it's a different idiom, I guess. Right. It, It is referring to a large boot sized glass of beer not necessarily <laughs> illegal beer you can take that you can you can take it or leave it if you want to leave this in the podcast but i found it fascinating history brought to you by the wandering gamer network anyway darling you said you just wanted a quick paragraph of stuff you're hanging out doing yeah so after uh, darling is not able to get out her frustration at felix she i think it's feeling I think she's a little, uh, like, oh, what's the word? Um, restless? Yes. Yes, that's perfect. Um, I think she's feeling really restless. And so she decides that she, well, I guess she doesn't actively decide, but she ends up neglecting her job a little bit. Like, she's, usually she's like a 110% loves her job, wants to be there and do extra stuff. But any free time that she has during this period of time she is she is dedicating that time to the order and she's doing the equivalent 
of putting your name up for extra shifts. Darling's been in the order for over a decade now, so she's worked with a lot of the people in the order and she knows them. So, you know, she's been asking them if they need an additional hand and going out and doing as much as she can with the different order groups. Check out our spy side podcast, Naptown Semi Chronicles. <laughs> Which is giving more attention to more of her mythos stuff so I can do leveling up things. Huzzah. Woo. So you pal around with different groups over the course of the next few months. It's still not super busy, but it is more than you've seen these people in a while. And it's nice to reconnect and have a good time with people outside of your own crew a little bit. It's nice to see how different teams function and go about different cases with different varying amounts of information. The real question is, does she run into Gideon? She is actively avoiding him still. And I think the feeling is mutual. Yeah, I know there aren't a whole lot of order groups, but if he is in town and doing things with one group, then she is very obviously doing things with the other groups. Gideon is not seen nor heard from. Great. So, a little bit of time after Seamus's lunchtime conversation with Ewan, Faye and Seamus meet up. Where do you guys meet? So, Seamus is going to suggest the same place that he and Ewan uh, met up, kind of subconsciously hoping Lucia's there again, even though he would never admit that to himself or to, or to anybody else. All right, so you guys are at the same place. Caitlin, they have great sandwiches here. Yes. It's named. Faye doesn't care. Caitlin cares. (laughs) Anyway, so you guys are at this nice, not fantastic, but not bad place that serves pretty decent food. So who did Seamus invite Faye to this or did Faye invite Seamus? Um, I was I was thinking that that Shay or that Shay that Faye invited Seamus because she knew that Seamus and Ewan had had a conversation and wanted to talk to him about it. That's kind of what I was thinking. Does that make sense? Uh, sure. Yeah, we'll say that Ewan mentioned that he had met up with you. And he said it went well enough. Other than that, Ewan did not tell you much about the conversation. Like, he gave you, like, the bare bones. Yeah. Like, it was a nice lunch with Seamus. There was no threats made. Yeah. Um, so I think they, like, catch up for a little bit, because it's been a while since they've seen each other. Uh, yeah, I guess how long after meeting with Ewan? Another another couple it, weeks? It's maybe been, like, a month, month. Okay. since the case ended. So I think eventually Faye asked him... You know, you had mentioned you had talked to him. Is everything all right? Hopefully, he said you didn't threaten him, which is good. Oh, yeah. Of course, I didn't threaten him. Yeah, I, I invited him to lunch a while back um, after that last mission. I, I felt that our, I felt that his introduction to everyone didn't go particularly well. I just wanted to try to smooth things over a bit and kind of, kind of explain to him what the order is and what we do and why Darling and Tanner reacted the way they did. Just because he definitely seemed uncomfortable. Right. I appreciate it. I I do. Yeah, I'm not trying to, like, recruit him to the order or anything. I just wanted to kind of... Trial by fire is not really... You don't really get the best sense of what the order is that way. Right. I... Seamus, you don't... You don't think I'm way off base on this, do you? On, on what? What do you mean? On... Dating Ewan? I know how Darling and Tanner feel. I don't really know how you feel. I I like him. He's a nice guy. You guys seem to get along real well. 
Yeah, he even he even offered that uh, if we ever get hurt on missions, that he might be able to to patch us up, which surprised me. Oh, that'll be useful. Yeah, definitely. It, it, except when Tanner gets shot, like as many times as he did last time, that might be a little bit much. Right. I that that seems maybe a little bit out of his purview, but that that's more than I expected from him, I guess. Yeah, but he. I, mean, I yeah. just I. It's difficult having. Just knowing how Darling and Tanner feel about him. And I know how I feel about him. But when you have that much ill will, I guess, it makes you doubt yourself, you know? See, I guess I, I didn't really get the feeling that Darling and Tanner had ill will towards them. I think it was they were just more cautious and protective, right? Especially Darling. Uh, yeah. And I can understand that. I... Just don't feel like I can really talk about it because I'm likely to get a insinuation that I shouldn't be with him in the first place. What I'm saying is it's nice to talk to somebody who, you know, hasn't threatened him and doesn't think we should break up. So thanks. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> seems like a seems like a great guy to me. Well, I think so, too. You just can't steal him. Okay. <laughs> Wasn't planning on it. So, Faye, you guys finish off your lunch and have a nice time. Much similar to how Seamus and Ewan finished a nice lunch. However, you guys are a little bit more friendly and a lot less standoffish with each other than Ewan and Seamus were. Caitlin, you also mentioned that Faye wanted to spend some time practicing her Sorcerer Supreme abilities, which are mainly her shape-shifting powers, but can be other things as you expand them. So what is she doing to practice her powers? Um, I think she... She did a lot of shape-shifting and raven shape in the previous arc. So I think she's trying to hone that, trying to see if she can, like, tweak little things. Like, if she imitates somebody who's, you know, like, wearing a certain color, if she can, you know, like, add pockets to it or um, change what would be in it. And just, like, trying to get more control over how detailed the shape-shifting is, um, how detailed illusions are, that sort of thing. Okay, sounds good. You spend a lot of time practicing. Do you practice with other people around, like, other riffs? Like, do you have Seamus, Darling, Tanner, Ewan help you with this? Or mm, is it just... No, I don't think so. Okay, so you practice alone. You make lots of pockets. So many pockets. <laughs> so many pockets. Basically, Faye just starts shape-shifting so that all of her pockets are men's pockets. Yes. That is truly magical to consider. Yeah, because those things don't, don't, those don't exist in the real world. They don't. <laughs> Women's pockets don't exist. <laughs> you pass by multiple people. I like your dress. Me too. It has pockets. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you, you do that. It's a lovely time. You're better at shape-shifting. Mark attention. Cool. Uh, wrapping up, as the months go on and winter becomes more brutal, Tanner has been taking less cases as he's been more on the fence about his private detective business and looking more into if he wants to be doing that. Is that accurate to say, Cody? Uh, yeah, yeah, that can be accurate. Uh, one night when Darling is busy and not coming over, she's helping with another case and told Tanner not to wait up. Tanner is sitting in her apartment just thinking about things when his favorite 
magical ten-year-old shows up. What you doing? Um, I don't know. Um, I technically am writing down a summary of my findings on something to do with a traffic accident, but I think mostly I'm looking at a cup of coffee. Is it at least good coffee? I mean, yeah, it's all right. It's not terrible. Varuna sips it. <laughs> I don't know if you're going to like coffee, though. I don't she, think... She does that kid thing where she sips it, and then she's like, mmm, and then spits it all back in. <laughs> Tanner just goes, why don't... I think Faye probably... Not Faye, dang it. <laughs> I think Darling probably has some juice or something. Hang on. And he, like, goes to the... Refrigerator? He goes to the icebox and pulls out a, uh, you know, whatever. Question. Is Tanner not going to, like, comment on the fact that Runa can drink something? Well, I think that's kind of, like, what he's doing. It was... Okay. He, she was also able to eat the boiled egg or whatever it was. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's well, true. She, yeah. I, I didn't realize she was able to. I forgot about that. Um, oh, right. Yeah. So that's already been established. Um, right. Um, it's also like people don't really notice it disappearing. You know, it's one of those things you like the mist yeah. covers things in the city. Right. It's just would be when their backs are turned. Anyways, Tanner gives her some juice and kind of tentatively starts drinking his coffee that she spit out a little bit. <laughs> I think the coffee is also not as good because it's cold and that... Okay. Well, like the way Tanner you... brews a fresh cup of coffee. <laughs> okay. Well, I was just saying, I was setting up a there scene... There you go, like, downgrading everything Tanner has again. <laughs> no, it was more meant like, he's like, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm writing a case summary, but I'm mostly just staring at coffee. I didn't expect it, like, like he brewed a cup and just stared at it for 20 minutes. Like, it was more just like... He's been doing this for a while and, like, spacing out, and he's like... I I, I get you. I wasn't Anyways. trying to downgrade Tanner this time. It was more setting the scene of he's been doing this for a long time, so his coffee has gotten cold. Gotcha. Not that he drinks cold coffee. Yeah, so he gives her some juice. I think this will be more to your liking, so what can I do for you this fine evening? I don't know. I'm just here to hang out with my best friend. I feel like usually you show up when I'm doing something wrong, and in this case, I think I'm... Working slowly, but I'm at least filling out the paperwork, so, you know. That's good, I guess. I don't know. Like, do you want to be doing this anymore, though? You seem unhappy. Oh, Lord, not even a little bit, but it does technically pay the bills, and I don't have a lot of marketable skills, if you know what I mean. But can't Darling pay the bills for you? <laughs> yes, technically she could, although I am slightly concerned... About how she would respond to the sudden desire for me to, um, just become a charity case. Not that I think she'd be unwilling, but it's a question that we'd have to talk about. And I mean, I don't know. You start a private investigation business, you want it to be successful. I just kind of imagine it'd be more helpful and less this. I think the order should pay is what I'm saying. Is there a way you could do something more helpful unless this? Um. What if you did something like pay what you want kind of fees and instead of doing like cases for money, you just like went to people who needed help who couldn't afford help? Kind of. That's what the police is, right? Ideally, they're helping people. Um, generally, who gets shuffled to private detectives, I have found, are in fact people who have not necessarily committed crimes with a capital C, but have done enough that they can be, like, sued. It's kind of in that middle ground of bad people, but not criminals, and 
It's a lot of like liability stuff. But what you if, know, I guess that makes sense. But why don't you like go help and do the things the police can't do, but like less murdery? Like, what if like an old woman whose daughter is missing, and you like go find them and like protect her from like an evil big wolf thing? Okay, now you're describing a very solid scenario. This is my exact dream job. This is why I do work with the Order. The problem is, Runa, I don't know how to tell you this. There just aren't that many of those cases that I have found. I mean, I'll take them when they come, but I'm going to have some downtime where I'm going to be staring at cups of coffee one way or the other. When I do this, I collect a paycheck as a result of staring at the cup of coffee. If I do your thing, like once a month maybe, I get to go and like find a werewolf and the other... 90% of the month, I'm staring at the coffee and earning no money. But have you actually looked for these cases, or have you hoped that they come to you? I haven't looked for them. That's a fair point. But I also don't 100% know what looking for them would look like. Does that make sense? Like with the order, right, I have a guy who's like, hey, people are missing or whatever go fight the werewolf but when it's just me kind of exactly what got me in trouble was just hunting down any old rift that seemed dangerous at all that is a bad way to go so it's nice to have some direction but i just don't know how to do you put out a flyer add in the paper in case of werewolf call tanner (laughs) detective tanner professional wizard (laughs) I mean, that makes sense, but couldn't you try doing what you did before, except with less smiting and murder? I mean, yeah. I think more of the problem of what you did before wasn't that you were stopping the bad people, it's that you were just killing everything, regardless of bad or good. Well, and they weren't bad. Yeah, the problem was they weren't bad people. Yeah, I wasn't fighting. They just looked scary, and I didn't know what monsters were at the time. Anyways, read Frankenstein. Felix is a monster, and the monsters I killed weren't. (laughs) Anyways, I could put out an ad in the paper, I guess. You know what, Runa? I'll tell you what. I'll do that for your sake. I will run an ad in the paper. Detective Tanner, Monster Slayer. And we'll see what bites we get. This isn't really for my sake. It's more for your sake. No, I understand that. I was just being nice. (laughs) Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yes, you can do it for my sake. Yep, do that. It'll make me feel good inside. I mean, does it? Is this helpful for you? I mean, what do you mean? Like, I mean, you're my friend and I like you happy. I I appreciate that. I'm just not totally certain. You know, Runa, I think this might be indicating a gap in your understanding of normal human interaction. How how did we meet in your mind? I found you on a rooftop one day. All right, see, I think this is indicative of your issue with assuming I could be a monster slayer by posting an ad in a newspaper. I've never met someone that way before. Usually people don't appear on rooftops. Did you just appear on that rooftop just... Or were you there already? Or I, I, I'm not sure. Was I? I don't know. Like, things seem a little fuzzy to me. Like, I don't remember a lot. But I feel like whenever you are doing the right thing, like, things start to get more clear. Like, at first, it was just I was hanging out with you. And, like, I kept, like would encourage you to do the right thing. And that, like, felt like the right thing to do. 
but the more that like I did it, the more I started to like kind of remember like I kind of have magic too. Like that's why like the weird monster stuff doesn't bother me. W- were you doing something like 45 minutes ago? I don't remember. So do you only remember the times when we're talking to each other and literally everything else is a void? It's like the last thing you remember was like a month and a half ago. I plead the sixth. I mean, you got that pretty close, so I'm actually gonna go ahead. That only really works if you're in, like, a legal situation, which this decidedly no longer is. Oh, okay, got it. I plead the seventh. That's appropriate, yeah, that's exactly right. You got it. Yes! Now, does does that bother you, though? No? Should it? I don't know. I mean, that's for you to decide. I, if, if what you are being fulfilled is popping into existence once a month to ensure that I'm not doing something stupid, that's totally fine. But if you want something more, we could try to figure out why you seem to disappear. Because you seem to be tangible. You're drinking juice, but Darling and Faye can't see you. So I don't know if that irks you. I, I, haven't, I haven't really thought about it before. Well, maybe, maybe try thinking about it, like, as a, a fun exercise. So she, like, scrunches up her face in the way little kids do. You know, like, when they're thinking hard, you know, like, scrunching yeah. up your face definitely helps you think. So she does that. I think, I think I, I am a rift, and I've been around for a long time, but every time I help someone... I forget about them and move on to someone else? Well, what I'm asking you, I think, is if you want to keep doing that. Like, you know, I assumed you were here to help me, which, thank you, appreciated, but do you want to keep helping people instead of, like, I don't know, doing your own thing, whatever that might be? You know, start a failing business, maybe? Solid option, I've found. Uh, If I wanted to start a monster hunting business, I think I know a partner I could ask. Darling seems really nice. Uh, I was going to suggest Seamus, but yeah, I mean, Darling would be a great choice. I'm just kidding, Tanner. You're my best friend. We would definitely be great monster hunters together. You know, you know something? I, if you were to start a business, maybe maybe go in a direction aside from monster slaying. But, but hear me out, Tanner. I can say all the pithy things and you can get shot. It just like it's a fail-safe plan. Well, now that is one of my solid skill sets. That's true. But back to your question, I think... Can I do both? Can I help people and do what I want? I feel like you should be able to do both. Hey, you know, Runa, I feel like we're more in the same boat than you're giving me credit for right here. Yes, I also want to be able to help people and do what I want. I know how you feel. Well, I guess we both have two mysteries as monster hunters to figure out. And she, like, puts out her hand to shake with you. Tanner shakes her hilariously tiny hand. Hey Wanderers, we hope you enjoyed this episode of Naptown Chronicles. If you want to hear more content from the Wandering Gamer Network, you can check out the Wandering Gamer Network website. We also post Let's Plays that we do on YouTube under the channel Wandering Gamer Network. 
On Twitch, we can be found at wandering underscore gamer underscore network. And you can follow us on Twitter at the WGN podcast. We're also on Facebook and Instagram. The intro and outro music was composed by Caitlin Balgaman, who voices Faye in this podcast. All other music is openly licensed or in the public domain. Now, sleeper, it is time to rest. And remember, it is the gods who envy us.